Melanette. You're listening to the Tashi Station Book Club, the bright center in the universe for science fiction and fantasy literature discussion. I'm your host, Nancy, and joining me this month is Diana to discuss Lagoon by Nettie Akorafor. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. And this month, we have Diana joining us again. Uh, thanks again for coming back on, Diana. No problem. Thanks for having me. You are our first uh, repeat guest, so yay! Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, right off the start, I want to apologize for not having this up uh, last month. This was supposed to be our just book for July, but it got pushed back to a July-August book because of life and things um and i'll discuss more housekeeping at the show at the end of the show but i think we're gonna have to go to two months for the book club just because of other things i need to read because i decided to start another book club podcast at the same time which is not very smart but oh well so uh, bear with me. I, I I do plan on keeping all the books that we had on the schedule. We're just gonna have to push them back a little bit, but we will we will not be not reading any of the books that we mentioned on the schedule. So don't worry. And um, yeah, so this month we are discussing Lagoon by Nettie Okorafor, and I think that's how you pronounce her name. I heard it on another podcast, so I I, I think I'm doing it right. <laughs> I hope I, so. I, I think that's the correct pronunciation, um, but I'm also not 100% positive. Okay. Well, if not, I apologize. Um, I know I'm saying Nettie right, so that's good at least. <laughs> um, now, this is a very um, different book from most I have read. I wanted to pick it because I wanted I, I picked it because I wanted to read something that was not Western uh, sci-fi or fantasy, which uh, if you read a lot of the mainstream stuff, that's pretty much what you're going to get. Uh, and this was a book that I think this, the Saga Press had a sale and this was one of the eBooks that was offered and I can't resist a good eBook sale. And it looked interesting. So I thought I picked it up and I really liked her novella uh, Binti, which was published by Tor.com. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting book. Um, the plot description is as follows. It's up to a famous rapper, a biologist, and a rogue soldier to handle humanity's first contact with an alien ambassador and prevent mass extinction in this novel that blends magical realism with high-stakes action. After word gets out on the internet that aliens have landed in the waters outside of the world's fifth most populous city, chaos ensues. Soon the military, religious leaders, thieves, and crackpots are trying to control the message on YouTube and on the streets. Meanwhile, the Earth's political superpowers are considering a preemptive nuclear launch to eradicate the intruders. All that stands between 17 million anarchic residents and death is an alien ambassador, a biologist, a rapper, a soldier, and a myth that may be the size of a giant spider or a god revealed. So that's a lot going on in that plot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I totally missed the part with the nuclear strike on the aliens. Yeah, I didn't get... I mean, there was... I didn't 
Yeah, I, again, I it's been a month since I've read this book, but I don't really remember that part of the book either. Yeah, I, I the 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 plot description definitely condenses it down to you know lowest common denominator levels which you know all books kind of do because you got to sell really you know crazy concepts like you know alien you know aliens landing in nigeria or you know sentient ai spaceships uh but i feel like a lot of the plot summary was stuff that was kind of going on in the background and not the actual pov we're getting from the characters in the book I feel like there's a, like a little bit of it with the uh, religious leaders, uh, military, and everyone else in the city dealing with the message and the chaos. Like that was something that was definitely, at least at the beginning of the book, at the foreground. But it drops, but it doesn't really capture everything that's going on in the book. Yeah. So I, I, I was as I said before we started recording. I kind of was met on this book um i i didn't really i didn't i don't want to say i disliked it but i didn't really like it either um there were parts that i really liked i liked the beginning it you know it drew me into the book right away um i wanted to learn more about the characters but as it went on i felt like a lot of plot threads were dropped and there was a lot going on that ended up not having an effect at all on the main plot that it was mainly trying to show you know what was going on in Lagos as the aliens were landing but not focused enough on the characters that were ended up being important to the end for example her husband, Chris, you know, ends up taking the children to her parent or his parents to stay safe. And obviously that's, you know, important because he's her husband. Those are her kids. But I felt a lot of a lot of time was spent on her and their relationship and it ended up kind of not going anywhere. There was no resolution to it. And I felt that way about a lot of the plot threads that they kind of just ended. And even the book says, so you want to know what happens next? And then it just ends. And I am was sitting there going, that's very frustrating. I mean, I can kind of understand why someone, because the impression I got from the book was she was trying to capture just kind of the chaotic nature of living in a city and dealing with all the different forces um, that were pushing at each other and pulling at each other. And so you got a taste of, you had all these different plot lines that sometimes didn't resolve satisfactorily, but they were still important elements, but they kind of, but some of them would join in certain places and drop off in others, which I think if that's what she was trying to do is show how all these different things intersect and how chaotic it is and how intertwined things are, um, then that succeeded. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I kind of wish that more of the characters that were mentioned or we saw POVs ended up coming at the end to like have a stake in the main 
climax of the book. As it was, it just ended up being the three main characters and the alien, which was fine and I I liked because those were the people we spent the most time with. And I wish we had either just focused on them or had the other, you know, people in the cast show what they were doing at the end too where a lot of books have a multi, you know, faceted climax where one group of characters is doing this and one group of characters is doing this. And for the amount of characters that she met, you know, showed in the book, I feel like that would have been a good way to get more in depth and also show the chaos because then it's super chaotic if you show all these things going on at the same time in the city. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of a mixed bag. I'm not, you you know, upset that I read it. I probably wouldn't read it again. Uh, I am glad that I decided to try something different. And I definitely like her writing and would like to read more of her work. I just didn't know if this was my favorite. And I was reading in the the, uh, afterword of the book. Mm Mm-hmm. That I guess the inspiration for the book came because she got really mad at District 9. And I said, oh, I really like District 9. So that might explain why I don't like this book as much. Yeah, I I read it. Yeah, because I I think because this book initially came out in the UK about a year before it came out in the States. And I think when, if I'm remembering correctly, when she was doing, she was doing a blog tour to promote it. And one of the things she was talking about was in district nine, um, not so much with the portrayal of the Nigerians and the people who weren't South African and how for her, that's what she was getting mad about. And so that's Mm -hmm. what the reaction was to it. Yeah. I can see that. I definitely like that it was not the typical aliens invade Washington, D.C. or aliens invade uh, New York City. Because, you know, if aliens come to the U.S. or the, you know, Earth, probably not going to be in the United States. (laughs) And I liked that that it, it mostly focused there. There was, like... A few parts where they showed um, like other parts like outside of Nigeria and then that tacked on afterward with the American students, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting. And I was like, huh, that would be kind of cool to sort of see what happened after this book, you know, with the other cities and aliens affecting those cities as well. And I think one of the things I was most frustrated on is that we don't really get any sort of explanation of what the aliens wanted or why they came there or what exactly they were or what they did, which I understand is a stylistic choice to kind of preserve the mystery. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to know everything. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. Um, I wouldn't not recommend it, but 
definitely. I, I don't know if it just, it, it might've been just one of those books that just wasn't for me or I, you know, if I read it straight through, I might like it better, but yeah, I did. Um, I did like the main character. And I, I do not know how to pronounce her name. Adora. I want to say Adora, but that sounds really terrible. So I, I just say Adora, I think in my head. And yeah. I, I liked her. I, again, that was one of the things where I wanted sort of to know more about her. I felt in a way that a lot of the characters, you just kind of see what they're doing in the story, but we didn't really learn a, a lot about them as people. And I, you know, she, she turns into a mermaid. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I think she was my favorite mainly because I really like the ocean and I could understand just her fascination with the aliens and trying to learn more and trying to understand them. Yeah. And I did like that she was a mother, but that wasn't the whole of her characterization. She had she she had a point in the story besides being the, you know, a mother and actually was separated from them during these events because she had to do her marine biologist thing, which you don't really see a lot when you have stories about mothers. Yeah. And the other one, the other thing that I really liked about, and it ties in with her being a mom was, you know, she definitely was, she wasn't assigned to be the empathetic one, Mm -hmm. which when you have, which when you have um, like one prominent female with, just a group of guys like that unfortunately tends to happen where the woman is coded as the empathetic one, the caring one. And, you know, she did care. She did have empathy, but that wasn't just her role. Yeah, I agree. I liked that a lot. The other characters in the trio were Anthony and Agu. And there were a lot of a names, which I think was a, was a, point there you know there was a point to that but at the same it kind of got confusing after a while uh but anthony was the the rapper who it turns out has this gift that he calls the rhythm where he can kind of affect people and i thought that was such an interesting idea and again it sounded like a broken record that i kind of wanted to know more about it Uh, i really liked that he ended up kind of saving them at the end and you know I just I I think of how music affects people and that's just such a neat idea of a you know a rapper having a superpower yeah I actually liked that all of their superpowers tied into what they were interested in or what they were trying to do so with Adora with, with being the mermaid essentially with Anthony with controlling the rhythm and with Algu being someone who is really strong and able to protect others. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't, I hadn't really put that together. That kind of makes me like the book a little more now. <laughs> um, and Agu was the soldier who was sort of disgraced after he defended another, uh, after he offended 
uh, a woman against a fellow soldier, which of course kind of made me like him right off the bat uh, because he was willing to put his career and life on the line to save someone. Uh, I, again, I, I liked, I liked that they discussed his backstory a little bit. I, again, would have liked a little bit more, but I feel like he, of all the three characters, had the most interesting story because they discussed, like, what happened to him when he was a kid and he, you know, was so worried about killing people. And that's something you don't get a lot when it comes to superheroes and something I really, really like, um, you know, trying to deal with that, you know, that, that guilt for what they do. Yeah. And I, and I liked that he was in this traditional masculine role, but he wasn't like that traditional masculine character. Yeah. Cause he, at one point in the book, isn't, isn't he the one who ends up crying for something and then gets really bothered by it? Um, I, I, I think, I think it was him. Um, I, I appreciated that too, that it wasn't the stereotypical super strong manly man type thing and that he wanted to be a soldier to protect people, not to fulfill some sort of power fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, and then we have Ayudel and the aliens. Uh, she was an interesting character mainly because all, so much of it was a blank slate and kind of I liked I liked that characterization because we don't know really anything about the aliens and so you're trying to figure out who she is and what she wants which is exactly like the characters in the story yeah it was like part of for me part of what was interesting about this book was just trying to puzzle out her motivations and the motivations of the aliens and what they were like what what they were doing in Lagos and what their goals were. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I would, I really wanted to know what exactly they were doing. Uh, the, you know, they kept saying they're changing the oceans are going to change the world. And I kept thinking, well, how, <laughs> but again, I, I don't think that was, this was the type of book to answer those questions, which, which is fine. You know, there's, I, I do like I do appreciate wanting to preserve the mystery and going all in on that. Um, but I thought like they was kind of so interesting the shape that they were shapeshifters and that they landed in the ocean, but then they were coming out of the ocean and they could, you know, affect people. And then at the end, she kind of becomes this mist. And I was like, what the heck just happened? I I, I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, so um, were there any other characters that stuck out to you that you really liked or didn't like or just wanted to chat about? I thought the discuss- like the stuff about the religion was really interesting. Just how Christian, like the different religions people had and how they affected people's identity and how that how it informed their reactions to 
the aliens. So you had like Father Oki, who was pretty much a terrible person. Yes. Uh, but then you had more of the like spiritual component and the how Muslims viewed the aliens, which I just I thought that was really interesting. And it's not something that I really remember ever seeing explored in other first contact stories like this. Yeah. I, I, I love that idea of how religion would react to first contact because it would kind of force a lot of them to rethink their whole viewpoints. So that was definitely interesting. I also liked, I think I can't, I think his name was Jacob. He was one of the the Black Nexus members, like the main one we had his POV. Yeah. Um, Jacobs. Um, I liked him. And again, that was something that just kind of fell off the the plot, basically, where we didn't, we, we saw him and then he was gone and we didn't really get any more of him. And I was, you know, that kind of bummed me. I was hoping that he would have something to do with the, uh, climax of the book but he just kind of disappeared Mm -hmm. and that was one that was a whole plot where i was kind of like wondering what the point ended up being because they didn't really you know affect what the whole story was going towards but again it's showing all the different, you know, parts of the city, which I think was interesting in the beginning. I think my favorite part of the book was when they all sort of congregated on Adora's house, just because that, that epitomized the chaos that was going on in the city. Yeah, and just how everything converged, and then you start having a a divergence with the different characters and the different plot lines after that everything just kind of exploded. And that's when I think you started to see the different characters, like the plot lines of different characters taper off or just Mm -hmm. disappear. Yeah, I I feel like the the, the way that, section was written was what I was hoping that the the finale would end up being. Uh, what did you think of the road monster? That was interesting. Like that is so I've read one of her other books, um, Who Fears Death, which is a blend of like there's science fiction elements, but there's also fantasy elements. Like it doesn't fit neatly into either of those categories. And I, and for me, the road monster bit was similar to what she was doing in who fears death, where it's this blend of magic and science and um, they're really intertwined. Yeah. That was one of the parts where I kind of had to do a double take. I, I wasn't expecting a road monster, nor was I expecting a giant spider later on. And uh, to, to be fair, if I had read the description a little closer, I probably would have gotten that it was that there was more magical realism aspects to the book than I I, I realized there were when I started reading it. Uh, I I have a love hate relationship with magical realism. 
Uh, I like certain aspects of it, but other premises really don't gel well with me. Like the idea of a road monster and no one saying what the hell what what just happened why is this road monster eating people obviously it's a metaphor not a real road monster wait no it is a real road monster um and the the spider thing too was kind of like okay um see i I don't really have a problem with magical realism just mm -hmm. it's something that i've been like I, w- I did Latin American studies and with a heavy emphasis on literature. And so that was something that I read a lot of and just I'm really familiar and comfortable with it. So it didn't throw me as much as it might have thrown some other people. Yeah, and that's fair. I know I know a lot of that is me and what my reading uh, history is. I, I tend to gravitate towards sci-fi and sci-fi that explains things. So... Uh, when I get more into fantasy or um, magical realism, I tend not to uh, get into it as much. And when I do read fantasy, I tend to read fantasy like Harry Potter that has very strict rules. Um, But like I said, I'm deliberately trying to force myself to read books that are outside what I typically read uh, because I don't want to be the type of person that just reads what sort of books and I, I I'm hoping that I, I get more appreciation for it as the time goes on um, I know a lot of people have discussed uh, I've heard a lot of people say really great things about uh, Shauna McGuire and uh, Every Heart a Doorway and that was one book I did really want to read um, just because I liked the idea I, I, I've had I've always wondered like what happens to kids when they come back from portal fantasy worlds and I saw that book description. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what I would like to read. So I think I'm probably going to add that to the book schedule next year. Yay. (laughs) Um, Just side note, uh, I don't know how you feel about zombies, but her the books that she writes under her pseudonym, Mira Grant, the News Flesh trilogy Mm -hmm. are really good and if you like things or if you like books that explain things mm-hmm. you'd really like these I think it's um political conspiracy thriller with bonus zombies uh, I've yeah I've heard about those and I've just I've never gotten around to reading them um but I'd like to try it out so I'm trying to think of any th- what other things I wanted to discuss with the book. I, the road monster was weird. Oh, the elders. So we meet the elders and they're five aliens that look like Star Wars aliens. And I immediately was- started trying to figure out which ones she meant. And I realized, oh, the Kaminoans. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was curious as to whether you thought the same, had the same reaction or you thought they were different aliens. No. No, I I got the sense that they were like they looked like the aliens from Camino, especially since those were kind of done as a deliberate homage to the traditional little gray men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I we got I got to that part, and I'm like, okay, now we're gonna have the whole end of story info dump where we explain what's been going on and what the aliens want, and then they cut away from it and they 
don't remember what happened. And I went, oh, no, it's the Mortis idea. <laughs> um, but uh, what, what did you think of that? Did you did it frustrate you or was it more kind of I, I know it was fitting with the rest of the story. But as I said, I got kind of frustrated because I wanted to know more. That was, I got a little frustrated with that because I wanted to have some some explanation for the motivations of the aliens and what they were doing, and I was a little frustrated we didn't get more insight into that. Yeah, and it wouldn't have taken a lot. It could have, like, even if it was just something to the effect of our world died and we're trying to find a new home, because um, most alien arrival movies and books don't really especially movies don't get into the whole history of the alien race and what they wanted you know if you think of a movie like independence day all they know is that the aliens are you know come to different planets and take over everything and then leave and that's their whole mo and sure that's not a lot but at least it's kind of explaining um And you think of a show like The X-Files that has this big overarching mythology that can get super convoluted, but, um, you know, the basis of it is colonization. They want to colonize Earth. And I would have really liked to know what the MO was other than changing and um, especially why they chose to land where they did or if they even did or if even if they chose and it just was coincidence. Yeah, there's just, there was so much left unexplained that I want to know more. Yeah, <laughs> I I think, and I don't know what's, I, I know as a writer, you're taught don't info dump, you know, explain as little as you can. Uh, but there are times I feel, especially in science fiction and fantasy genre, where you can get away with explaining things because that's what people come here for mm-hmm. um so yeah this was, it was a shorter book i i think it could have been longer but i think some of the uh plot threads could have been cut to give more attention to the main trio and maybe discuss more on what exactly the, the motivation for the aliens were but also you know, what was going, if if they are going to show what was going on in the rest of the, you know, in the rest of the country, I would have liked to see, um, you know, them, that all come into play towards the end. Uh, it, it was kind of frustrating because we get to the end and the president suddenly becomes a super important character and we hadn't seen much of him before. And the reporter that they kind of recruited to come along with them. And I, I was thinking, well, if the, if that guy ended up coming along with the climax, I would have really liked if he was one of the people we had met before who ends up joining them. Yeah. Okay. So anything else you wanted to mention about Lagoon? Um, not really. I think we talked most, I think we talked about everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, I really like the author. I just, I think, and I did enjoy the book. I just, I think I prefer her other stuff that I've read uh, more than this one. Yeah. And her other book that you mentioned, Who Fears Death, is that more fantasy than sci-fi? 
it's a little bit, yeah, it's more fantasy, um, and it's dark. It's, it's, it gets pretty dark. Um, and she wrote, she wrote a prequel to Who Fears Death that I haven't read yet. It's called Book of the Phoenix. And that one sounds a little bit more sci-fi. It's mm-hmm. basically, it's like when corporations experimenting on people and giving them powers, that's just what I get from the description oh, cool. on the back. So it's, it's on my list of books to read. Um, and so that sounds a little bit more sciencey than fantasy. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if I would like her fantasy books more just because that would be sort of, I, I think here I was expecting sci-fi and got more fantasy, which, you know, I don't mind when they blend, but I, I think I just had certain expectations and were as, when I read Binchy, that that kind of stayed more on the science fictiony side, even though there was some sort of um, fantastical elements. It, it sort of stayed more on that area where this one was definitely a blend. And um, I, I I I do keep having to recommend everyone go read Binchy because that's a really good book and really short. You can read it in one sitting, and I think it's free right now on Tor.com. If you, uh, I think if you sign up for their site, you can get that uh, free download. And I think Every Heart of Doorway is on there too. Yeah, that one is, uh, Every Heart of Doorway, I think, is less of a novella and more of a very short novel. But they just released the cover for the sequel to Binti, and it's really gorgeous. And yeah. That's, uh, in January. So perfect timing to pick up Binti and read it before the sequel comes out. Mm hmm. Yeah, I also need to see about adding that to next year's schedule um, because I, that would be, you know, a month month thing because it's really short. So, yeah, uh, Lagoon, I, you know, we, we were kind of eh, on it, but <laughs> it's okay. Um, I... I, I didn't want to not, you know, I, I wanted to read the whole point of the book club was to read books that I might not have read before. So I'm glad I, I'm glad I did. And, um, I definitely go read Binchy and I've, I've heard a lot of good things about who here, who fears death. So I definitely want to check out her other books. Yeah. So thank you again, Diana, for coming on. We appreciate it a lot. No problem. Thanks again for having me. And uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we're going to be sort of adjusting the schedule because we I because I am not lazy, but (laughs) overwhelmed lately with uh, life things and creative things. So I I think we're only going to be able to do the book club once every two months. So next month's book was going to be Radiance by Kat Valenti. Uh, We're going to push that back because in October, Ahsoka comes out by E.K. Johnston. Uh, So that's going to be the pick for September through October. And then Radiance, we will read in November and December. And I will go on the Goodreads forum and adjust the schedule accordingly so people can see what we're reading and how things got moved around. But I, I do, I definitely plan to keep all the books that we had on the schedule, just have to move them back. 
So thank you all for joining us for this episode. This episode has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. Please click the link on the blog to help us support the show. You can find us on Twitter with the handles at Tashi underscore station, at Nancy Pants. And Diana, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at bookishdie. Awesome. Uh, we're on Facebook, too, as Atashi Station Network, and you can s- subscribe to the show on our various uh, iTunes and other podcast feeds. Our column columns and news are at Tashi-Station.net. Our book club discussion is over at Goodreads, and we will catch you n- in October to discuss Ahsoka by E.K. Johnson. Bye! Bye! Bye!